1: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Backers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.
0: BBC football commentator Andy Buckley joins us on the program. Andy, good evening. Welcome. Good evening. Long time no talk. Are you well?
1: I'm fine, thank you. Yeah, I'm good. And just uh, absorbing the news about Thomas Tuchel. Uh, Football's very fickle. They've just spent £270 million, Chelsea, and now a new manager's going to come in Mm. and uh, take over a squad that's, well, an embarrassment of riches at Chelsea, but it's obviously not worked out, and I think there's been a big fallout between owner and manager.
0: Mm. Were many people picking this? Was this sort of, had there been murmurs in the days leading up to this loss this morning? Not
1: really no not at all uh the chelsea've lost the way at the start of the season some embarrassing results uh but i think from uh, picking up the vibes uh, in england this morning uh there was friction between uh todd Bowley the the american owner and Tuchel uh a new regime obviously abramovich went and uh Tuchel was his man but uh the the, the pair uh, fell out and i think it reflected on the the pitch and went it when it translates into the results, then uh, inevitably there's only one outcome. Uh, So already they're talking about possible replacements. Graham Potter from Brighton. Manchester United wouldn't touch him because uh, he hadn't got the necessary Champions League experience. Whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. But uh, uh, And Zinedine Zidane, uh, Pochettino, the uh, ex-Spurs manager as well, has been touted. So I would have thought that from those three, the next Chelsea manager would probably come from that, that, that trio of names.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big thing sacking a manager and not necessarily having a replacement automatically lined up. I mean, we know how tough this league is. We know how tough the Champions League is. Small, small percentages. Manchester City are setting such a high standard. Um, how much of a risk not having an automatic replacement?
1: Well, it's a big job, Chelsea, Um, spent heavily. Uh, You know, 47 million on Raheem Sterling, Cooley Barley from Napoli, 34 million. Uh, Cookarella Brighton, 63 million pounds, an eye-watering figure. So Bowley, the owner, is splashing money around. Fafana from Leicester, 75 million. He's splashing the cash, Um, and he's going to tempt uh, somebody to one of the biggest jobs in, in world football. Um, Chelsea with a, a, a big reputation, big expectations as well. But uh, the EPL, which is what the magic is all about, is so competitive. And uh, even Liverpool have find, found out in the last mm. few weeks that it's not quite um, as, uh, you know, pr- brings the success that you'd expect because the team's are not so much raising the game. It's just so hard to mm. to, to churn out the, the the wins that you need to become champions.
0: Yeah, but turning your managers over... Um, because you're wanting automatic success, that that's not a blueprint for success. Surely, and we've seen it with the likes of Jurgen Klopp, Guardiola. It, it's 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 a long-term. Uh, Arsenal seem to be doing a good job of it. Surely, it's got to be a, sort of a long-term strategy with your managers.
1: Well, you're right, uh, but uh, you're applying common sense and logic. <laughs> to that uh, reason, reasoning and, and that doesn't apply as far as football is concerned, certainly as far as Chelsea are concerned. If you look at the list of Chelsea managers in the last 15 years, uh, uh, Mourinho's been there twice, Ancelotti, there's a long, long list of, of people who've, who've spent a year there and who have won silverware, serious silverware, and yet have, and have been dumped um, with big payoffs. Uh, obviously, the money won't matter to Tuchel because he'll get well looked after, but... Uh, It's just obviously it's a clash of personalities and and a strategy. And and Chelsea are saying this morning that it's time for a reset strategically. And they didn't feel that Tuchel was was the man. And obviously, there's been when they went to America on their tour, uh, there was uh, talk of um, Ronaldo going to Chelsea. That didn't materialise. Tuchel was adamant he did not want Ronaldo. He didn't fit into uh, what he wanted. Sterling was his marquee signing. Now, you know about my allegiance to Manchester City, a lot of City fans were glad to see the back of Sterling because he he played in that Champions League final two seasons ago and did not deserve his place. And mm. that was one big mess up by Guardiola to pick Sterling when Rodri couldn't get even in the team. Uh, and, and Sterling, although he's gone to Chelsea, he had a decent start. You, know, you see Haaland banging in all the goals for City, 12 already this season. And a lot of City fans are saying, well, if that had been Sterling, he'd have tripped over his own feet Mm -hmm. as he's racing in on goal. He missed so many. But but Tuchel said, just going back to Tuchel and Chelsea, he said, Sterling is my marquee signing. I don't want Ronaldo, who's who's getting to be pensioner stage now. Let's face it, he's he's knocking on a bit. Um, So... uh, uh, and then Cucurella for sixty-three million. They didn't need to pay that. They just upped the ante. And and, and Bowley at Chelsea is quite prepared to pay it. But it, it, it'll you know they, they they could it could come back to haunt them. I went to a lunch actually at uh, I not far from Old Trafford cricket ground and football ground, which obviously is side by side. Went to a, a lunch on um, Monday, uh, a Legends lunch. Uh, Lancashire are playing Yorkshire at the moment in the County Championship. I know you like your cricket, Mark and. Uh, the guest speakers were Gary Neville and Jeffrey Boycott, two wow. famous names wow. in wow. Wow. football. What Gary Neville was saying, he said that it'll come back to haunt Manchester United. Just talk about the finances. It'll come back to haunt Manchester United. The fact that they're paying three hundred eighty-five thousand pounds a week to Casemiro, who's the wrong side of thirty. They paid eighty-five million for mm-hmm. Anthony from Ajax when. Really, the going rate was much less than that, but United got desperate, and such is the nature. I mean, in England, they spent more money in the transfer window, is it $2 billion or something, than Spain, Italy and Germany and France combined. That is a staggering statistic, mm. but it just shows how they're all chasing that the holy grail of, of the Premier League title.
0: Mm. Can anybody beat Manchester City? I sort of sit back here, and you know I'm a Liverpool fan through and through, and clearly we've dropped a lot of points already, but even though I think if we'd won them, I think with Haaland, the way he's come into the City side, the way he's settled, the way Guardiola has this team playing, I just always sense that, hey, everybody's playing for second anyway. Is that sort of the sense now in the Premier League? And it's going to be one hell of a battle for second, third and fourth and those other Champions League spots?
1: I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Um, interested to watch Manchester United and Arsenal on Sunday and see how Arsenal measure up. Um, I don't for one minute think Arsenal will become champions. You might want to play that uh, comment back in a few months' time and prove me wrong, but I don't think they'll become champions. I don't see it, though, as it's a procession behind City, and I don't think the City fans see it that way because they dropped points at Villa uh, last weekend. they played Spurs on Saturday. Spurs uh, beat City twice last season and could easily beat City again. Uh, so, from the pack, from, not from United, possibly from Arsenal, more likely from Spurs, definitely not Chelsea. Uh, uh, Liverpool, certainly, I'd, they've not found the rhythm yet, but I think they will do. I think Thiago coming back will help them. Um, uh, you know, the, the City are, it's not a foregone conclusion that Manchester mm. City will win the title. Mm. I don't think the defensive stability... Is uh, quite as uh, as as good as it should be. They give the teams chances. They have fullbacks who play in midfield, basically, just to mm. join the attack. Um, Foden's been a little bit off the boil. He did all right mm. last night, but he's been off the boil. Um, so no, I don't think it is a one horse race by any means.
0: Mm. If you shut Harlan down, and easier said than done, do you shut Manchester City down?
1: Um, well, you didn't do last season, really, because they didn't play with crosses into the box. Uh, the first goal last night came from a, uh, a, clock, a cross into the box, and, and Holland was on the end of it from De Bruyne, inevitably. Uh, yeah, I, I still think they've got... I think Alvarez is a great signing. Uh, I think uh, underrated. he's flown under the radar. Uh, Julian Alvarez from River Plate, um, he'll do well. Aguero-type player. Um, a fast darts around. So I think there's a lot more to come from him. Mm. Um, so, and I think Harland's got to be managed. The fact he's not in the World Cup, is a to city because he's got six weeks holiday in November. Because um, Norway aren't there. Uh, that will help. But I just think Harland needs to be managed. People are talking, how many goals is he going to score? He's got 12 mm. already. 12, first week in September. Uh, they're saying, oh, he's going to get forty. He's going to get fifty. I don't think it's going to be quite as straightforward as that. Hmm. Um, but uh, City fans are enjoying the ride. Let me put it that
0: way. What is it about him? I mean, what type of footballer is he? I mean, is it just because he's just such a, got such a big sort of physical presence about him? Is he? Is he, he, has, he Yeah. Is he going to change the game? Is he going to change the way centre um, forwards going forward are going to look and play?
1: Well, I just think because of his such a physical specimen, he is a machine, he's a monster, that it, but to have those attributes... I mean, Peter Crouch uh, was one of the tallest players there's been in the Premier League era, but he didn't have the pace. And, and the thing is that a lot of players haven't got... Ibrahim uh, 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 Himović was, was a fast player uh, uh, and had that kind of strength, the aerial uh, uh, height. But... Harland has got pace, he's got genuine, searing pace that I saw at West Ham on the opening weekend of the season that can destroy a defence. So with that height, that pace, um, he's, he's an animal, really. He's, he's very hard to mark, uh, and he, just, he, do, he finds pockets of space inside the penalty I think is it something like 10 out of his 12 goals have come from within the six-yard mm. box. Uh, so he, he, he's just, uh, he, you know, he's already prolific, um, and, and it is, it's a new dimension to the way City play because even with Aguero Aguero never had that electrifying pace and he never—he was, he was fast at his peak I suppose but he certainly didn't have the height mm. so it, it's a different way of playing but uh, it is fascinating to watch it, it, it's, it really is, it's intriguing I suppose that's the magic really mm. of, of football in England at the moment
0: What's it meant for Phil Foden and the way he's playing?
1: Uh, well, Foden. I thought Foden. He's getting a bit of stick really on the fans' forums at the moment because uh, of his uh, just inability to influence games, and the wondering whether he's going to be key to England's World Cup hopes. Uh, but he's just quieting down a bit. He's just now. Maybe last night was a sort of a trigger, another turning point, and he, he's going to come good again. He just. He's a, and even Guardiola after the game last night admitted that he has been. He's not been playing that well. Uh, he's not um, had the influence that he he, he did have last season. Uh, but he's not needed to. De Bruyne is firing on all cylinders already. Um, so, uh, you know, e- exciting times. Um, interestingly, I know your allegiance to Liverpool. I went, I went to watch a, a game on... Uh, have you got a second, uh, Mark? Well, Waves- I went to watch a game in the FA Cup on Saturday. Uh, it was um, West Didsbury and Charlton versus Macclesfield. And, and the reason I'm telling you is Macclesfield had a goalkeeper who's fourth choice at Liverpool. Uh, and there's a money aspect to this. His fourth choice, he's a, a Brazilian that Liverpool paid a million pounds for from Fluminense. And he earns £6,000 a week. And he's playing for Macclesfield in the eighth tier of English football. Robbie Savage, the former uh, player who took over Macclesfield, he went bust, uh, playing Cheshire, south of Manchester, Uh, went bust, reformed, Robbie Savage uh, and a businessman uh, took it over, uh, reinvented the club, and they're they're sort of making their way back up the the pyramid of football. Uh, Anyway, they've got this guy on loan, and I was amazed by him. He's 19, this lad. Liverpool paid a million pounds for him, uh, a fourth choice at Liverpool. He trains with Liverpool on a daily basis, but he plays for Macclesfield in the seventh tier. And it, it just staggered me that a player is earning... £6,000 a week on... Liverpool is playing his wenches, not Mm. Macclesfield, but that's the nature of how it all filters down and Mm. how it's, Mm. for any aspiring footballer, England is the place to be, really.
0: You talked about Sterling and no love lost from Manchester City fans. Where does Jack Grealish sit inside of Manchester City?
1: Um, Good question. Jack Grealish, yeah, he's liked he's... I think he, he endeared himself to the fans it can be sort of seminal moments that can just suddenly um endear itself to the supporters and for him it was a, to sort of the celebrations after they'd won the league in may and uh he was there uh he'd had one too many shall we say on the the uh p- the parade that they had through the city center and he was taking the mickey out of um uh Almer the Almeron, rather the uh newcastle player which uh came back to haunt him because if you remember Almiron scored a good goal for Newcastle against City the other week and people reminded Grealish of that and he, he was a bit naughty with the way that he just said oh he was criticising one of his players I think it was either Bernardo Silva or Mares, and said oh you played like Almiron in other words mm-hmm. it, it, was a, it was a drive but Almiron saying you're not playing very well you played like Almiron uh, uh, but his performance has improved uh, last season he's been out injured this season so he's hardly played uh, £100 million, you think, well, you, you should get a decent return for that. But there's other transfers that are kind of catching up with him, really. You know, Manchester United paying £85 million pounds mm. last week for a guy from Ajax. So uh, I, I think the second season syndrome, I think, for Grealish. In other words, not much last season, hopefully far mm. more this season.
0: 16 minutes after 10, you're listening to SENZ. um, we are talking football here on the program um Andy Buckley is my guest Andy uh, look what what's it like being a Manchester City fan living in Manchester and how things have just swung around from Manchester City so long just being in the shadow of the great Manchester United now arguably the team that's setting the benchmark setting the standard for the entire world however do need to win the Champions League but what's it like living in city being a, in Manchester being a Manchester City fan
1: uh, fabulous, unbelievable, really. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, the City fans sing this song. We're not really here. We're not. We're not really here. Uh, like the fan of the Invisible Man. We're yeah. not really here. That is one of the so- songs that the City fans have sung for for decades, really, because they can't believe where they are. They used to sing it when they were in the old Second Division, the Third Tier, when they mm-hmm. were the laughing stock of English football. Let's face it; it was a joke. Uh, the Theatre of Comedy it was known as. The Theatre of Dreams was across the road at Old Trafford. Manchester City were referred to as the theatre of comedy. It was that bad. Uh, And I was lucky enough to commentate on City in those days, the bleak days in the 90s, when they lost 2-1 at York City on Boxing Day. We were mid-table in the second division. So to suddenly go, not suddenly, but to gradually go to where City are now after this unprecedented decade of glory uh, and to see Manchester United's demise... Mm. I, oh, I, I just, just let me say it is. You just have to pinch yourself. Mm. You do have to pinch yourself. Uh, those those epic uh, six minutes against Villa at the end of last season, when they gave them two 0 down, or was there a couple of weeks ago against Crystal Palace, two 0 down at time You confident that they would get it mm. back. They did get it back. Mm. And and you know, and it, uh, Manchester United were were basically dancing on City's grave when City was struggling, uh, and. David Gill and Alex Ferguson. David Gill was the chairman, uh, the chief exec, and Fergie, the manager. They they approved that banner at the Stretford End that ticked over every year, 33, 34 years. Mm. Just so Manchester United signed off on that to rub in Manchester City's noses in the dirt mm. about how bad City were, mm. and uh, City fans will never ever forgive United for that. And to see. the the transformation now with both clubs in opposite directions is is just well we are living the dream really and it won't last forever it won't last forever it goes in cycles we know that
0: I want to ask you this though there has been criticism um, that Paris and Manchester City that you guys are basically funded by entire countries and therefore potentially it's not a level playing field what is Manchester City's answer to that and is there a point here is this good for football Uh,
1: potentially no Um, but City fans will just say, well, we don't pick the owners of our club. Um, And they don't. Uh, You support your club, whoever owns it, uh, as do Chelsea supporters. Uh, uh, But no, no, we don't don't pick the owners. And, and, you know, it's going to be brought sharper into focus, I suppose, with the World Cup in Qatar in a few weeks' time about uh, football and its influence in the sporting world, whether it's golf, this uh, LIV thing. You know, they've got this tournament that starts at Wentworth yep. tomorrow. Uh, massive. You know, Lee Westwood gets absolutely slaughtered on Twitter. Uh, he'll put anything out to promote his LIV status and the tours he's playing on. And, 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 he, and he gets absolutely hammered because he's, he's sold his soul to uh, Saudi money, basically. Uh, so, it, it, you know, Newcastle United, uh, the sport-washing, the so-called sport-washing of Saudi, from Saudi Arabia. So uh, I think the Newcastle fans would turn around and say, well, the rights and wrongs of it, I know there's a moral argument and, and the things that are happening in these countries uh, are quite appalling. So, so I, 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 I stand very firmly on the fact that it is dreadful what's going on. Should sport really, which is your question, should sport um, it, uh, approve this kind of thing? No, it doesn't approve it. Should it accept money? Uh, from, you know, should should uh, the British government accept uh, the oligarchs' money in, in, in Mayfair and Belgravia and all these mm. sort of uh, posh places in the capital. Uh, but they have done historically. So it's a political argument as well as a sporting argument. And um, there are rights and wrongs with it. I, I hear what he's saying. Uh, but in terms of the, the kind of the, the, the everyday going to watch mm. your football team, are you supposed to not go to the Etihad because they're owned by... Uh, uh, Abu Dhabi or are you not supposed to go to the Emirates um, you know the stuff that even goes on in Dubai so there's a lot of countries who've got some very shady shady backgrounds.
0: Hey Andy Buckley it's been lovely having you on the programme Hey, um, before you go you don't want to join me in a rendition of You'll Never Walk Alone do you? Uh, well good luck to Liverpool tonight <laughs>
1: that's interesting actually about the, the Liverpool uh, thing about, about advising the fans not to go out in Naples Oh, well, we, we, I thought you were joking there, Mark.
0: No, no, I was joking, but we can sing it. I, I, you can sing it. I'll hum it. Um, I know a good Manchester City. I, I know you guys are envious. It's the one thing you'll never be able to have, and that's the song. That's the song, Andy. <laughs> but, um, no, I wouldn't go out. I, wouldn't, I don't think I'd go out in Naples either, to be honest. Uh,
1: well, I went four years ago when uh, City won at um, Naples, and uh, it's a lovely city, home of the pizza,
0: Mark. yes. No, I have been. I went when I was about ten, and then I went from there to Mount Vesuvius, I think, and had a look yeah, through that area. And um, no, I always remember it. what do they call it? The Calcutta of the South or something? Didn't they? about the time, I'm not sure whether that's yeah. still appropriate or not. Yeah, but they've they've been a little bit of a thorn in Liverpool's side over the years. It's not going to be easy.
1: No, I think they'll. Uh, I think Liverpool will come good tonight. I
0: think uh, mm. they'll they'll, uh, they'll get it right. Good man, you're a good man Andy Buckley and if you do want to sing you Never Walk Alone I can just turn it up mate, I can just turn it up uh, I've got to go, you're breaking up Mark I can't hear you, I've got to go <laughs> Hey lovely Andy, thank you